Hi, everyone. I'm Tish Conlon for another episode of Tish Talk Podcast. I have Mark Friesen with me today. He's been an amazing uh, freedom fighter for many years and uh, was an inspiration for me to join uh, PPC and run for PPC. Mark, welcome from Saskatoon. Are you in Saskatoon well, or where are you right now? <laughs> uh, right now I'm in Melfort. Uh, we had a, oh. we're in the middle of a speaking tour throughout Saskatchewan called uh, Let Freedom Reign. And we started in Yorkton last night and we're in Melfort tonight, Prince oh. Albert tomorrow, Saskatoon on Sunday. And uh, then we're going to North Battleford, Lloyd Minister, Weyburn, Swift Current and Regina. So excellent. Uh, yeah, fun. so it started off with a bang. It's real good. But yeah, at the moment I'm in Melfort. That's great. And how's it going? I mean, are, are people resonating with your message or are you getting some pushback? Yeah. So no, you know, I mean, people are, are, you know, I mean, the most important element these days is information and, and people are really trying to navigate through what we're all going through and trying to figure out what the heck's going on and why is everything so crazy? So we're just, you know, we're trying to connect some dots. We're trying to educate and inform some people uh, so they understand and they can put perspective to this. And and then hopefully when they go to the ballots or to the polling stations, they'll do it with, um, you know, some some information and education behind them. That's great. Well, some some of my uh, audience are new to sort of even paying attention to what's going on. So for those people, I just want to introduce them to Mark Friesen, uh, who is, uh, you know, raised and still resides in the riding of Saskatoon. You've got three grown kids and uh, you were a uh, corrections officer for 25 years and you're now a small business owner, I, I apparently. And I, yep. you know, what I, what a lot of people have said to me, they're so excited to hear from you today because you have spent years researching the UN Sustainable Development Agenda and Agenda 2030. We're going to dive into that today. And a lot of people are just like so excited to hear what you have to say. The grave consequences of that uh, on all aspects of our life. Uh, and, and then we're going to just, you know, talk about some of the work you're doing and some of your values. And even because we both, um, you know, over the course of years decided to run for what I call the moderate party, the moderate right, party right. is PBC, the one who's representing accountable government and constitutional, that's kind of middle of the road. Anything else is the fringe extreme, but we're, that's, that's really what we need to be at. That's kind of middle moderate and mm -hmm. your values of truth uh freedom sovereignty and justice and and prosperity for all canadians in the future which i hope resonate with canadians who've been here for many years new canadians and every single person who is a canadian today so welcome um you know i wanted to to start right off with a bang into your hot you know your real um subject matter expertise on agenda 2030 a lot of people haven't don't know what it means they don't know what that means for them as a Canadian. And um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that topic. We're going to talk about the globalists as well. But, you know, tell tell those people who are new to listening in, what, what does it mean to them, this whole UN agenda? And, you know, how corrupt is the UN? You've been researching this for a while. Let, let's not consider this as a, as a, as a do-good type of organization they're extremely corrupt they have a communist agenda tell us tell the new audience about it what you think well and, and so you're bang on if you were to transpose the sustainable development agenda over top of the communist manifesto uh, the only difference is the sustainable development agenda is on steroids um, mm -hmm. it, it is the communist manifesto um, but from a global governance perspective and and this uh hyper central centralization of power and resources global power global resources um in the hands of the elite and and this convergence really of of communism and fascism yes um, i agree you know it's it, it really is and and so what what happened and, and what i like to do when i discuss this is so people have some historical context to this agenda and, and, and show how real this is based on, um, you know, who's created it and when they created it and what their objective was. So um, 
you know, ba ba basically late 60s, um, there's a, a group that was formed and sponsored by the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, um, you know, the elite, like as they call themselves. Uh, they created what's called the Club of Rome. Yes. And the Club of Rome yes. was basically brought together to develop and create the sustainable development agenda based on a book called The Limits to Growth, which essentially looks at, um, you know, population control, uh, resource control, um, and, and global governance, and how they can, you know, bring all that into one. And it, it is through this agenda that they've developed. And an interesting tidbit that a lot of people don't understand, there's the World Economic Forum is, is mentioned a lot these days in the media, uh, primarily because the Conservatives and, and Pierre Polivare uh, has denounced it and that, that caught some media attention. But a lot of people don't understand that it was the Club of Rome that actually created the World Economic Forum in 1971 and tapped Klaus Schwab to, to run it. And basically it was created to uh, support the sustainable development agenda and then to attract you know, big business multinationals to get on board and help support and, and achieve the goals of sustainable development. Wait, so, I, I have a quick question because a lot of people uh, might think right now so far, like that sounds good to me, sustainable development, but like a lot of these buzzwords they're using, like, like the act, uh, like bill 100 in Ontario, opening Ontario sounds benign and even positive. It's actually the most communist style uh, bill that's ever been passed where they could, they could actually uh, assume that you're guilty uh, be, before you've even had a trial for just a peaceful protest, they could seize your auto. So it's all uh, a, a guise for more control. Yes. Like sustainable development is actually, it's not about sustainability because if we really were caring about a sustainability, we would be like moving towards regenerative farming and things like that, where we're actually using the soil, we're eliminating these right. toxins and things like that. We would, we would decentralize. Exactly. We would we would encourage farmers to use less of these toxic inputs, because if our soil wasn't as it was sterilized deliberately by all the glyphosate roundup and all these other herbicides, it would actually absorb all the extra carbon. We wouldn't even there, there would be no right. need for a carbon tax or any of those other measures. So, well, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, there, there isn't a need for it anyway, but well, um, exactly. We, we were on the same page there, but. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a guise for control. It is. And, and so, you know, it's, it's gone through this evolution. It's gone through this development um, of this agenda, uh, again, since, since the late 60s, early 70s. And it's, you know, it used to be eight goals, then it was 10 goals, now it's 17 goals. And if you look at the goals with a critical mind, with a, through the, you know, through the lens of, of global governance, and controlling all aspects of everybody's life, um, it becomes extremely disagreeable to, to most yeah. people, which is why our elected politicians since that time, since Prime Minister Trudeau, the first, um, no politicians have ever talked about it publicly. Nobody has ever educated the masses on the consequences to this agenda, to our sovereignty, to our prosperity, to the truth, um, you know, and then add in the corruption that's involved. Um, you know, nobody's ever talked about it. So the population Why? is very ill-informed and uninformed because they know for a fact that they would never have been able to sell this agenda to the masses ever because nobody wants their personal sovereignty taken away unless, of course, they're a communist. Um, but most people in Canada share this set of values that, and I think, I think it spans all, all political affiliations. It's, you know, these, these values that core values that we all share in this country are, or at least the majority of us, vast majority, and that's freedom, liberty, justice, sovereignty, equality under the law, uh, prosperity and truth. Mm -hmm. And, and ask any Canadian if they, if they cherish those values, they're going to say yes. And so people need to understand that it's actually those values that are under attack 
through this agenda because in order for them to achieve the goals of sustainable development, they need to destroy those particular values uh, to do it. And, and so people really need to understand what the consequences are. And again, our politicians, everyone should be extremely upset that none of our politicians have had the courage to step outside their box and actually inform their constituents as to what this agenda means. None yeah. of no, none of our establishment politicians have done that because each one of the establishment parties have whips and they instruct their MPs what they can say, what they can do, yes. how they think, how they operate, how they vote. Yes. And, and so they're not, these MPs, especially federally, but you'll see it provincially too, they're not representing the constituents, they're representing their party. Absolutely. And, the party line. I, and this I is the problem, right? I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I mean, I think people are starting to get an inkling, you know, even advertisements coming out 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. It's hard to really take that in like, yeah, I don't think so. But that's their goal. I mean, and they're very smart. They've been planning this for decades. They're buying up um, distressed property properties. They've used some of these riots as a as an opportunity right. to then get prices. I was just listening to a podcast the other day with a guy in the U.S. who's saying all of the people who can't afford with gas prices, inflation, food prices, they can't afford their homes anymore. They moved to a trailer park. Even then, they're actually, the prices are going up just to park your trailer. So people right. can't afford that. And he was saying that homelessness is actually a great business for these elite. They love it. They want yeah. us to be homeless. Absolutely. They want us to be bankrupt and dependent on the state. And dependent on the state, 100%. And yep. they will give that's, us. That's, that's yeah. the goal. And they will You'll give own nothing us, and be happy. They'll give us bugs bugs to eat and already i've seen the advertisement for bars and now i don't knock uh instep protein for countries that eat, use it but we are in a in a, in a country and in, in in western world where they're actually want to take away our meat grow lab grown meat under the guise of sustainability but they'll keep the toxic inputs it's so ludicrous okay. And so asinine that, and, and, and yeah, even here in the Ontario election, people are afraid to lose their job. So they vote with the party and people have to get beyond their own little comfort zone, their own yep. paycheck and start doing what's right. But, even if it hurts a little and they have a few months where they have to, you know, take it. But here's, but here's the thing, right? So, so most people to this point, and it's starting to change pretty dramatically because of cost of living, um, interest rates going up and inflation going through the roof. So it's starting, people are starting to wake up. But what, what I've been saying for a very long time is, is most people aren't inclined to listen to people like me because I'm going to burst their bubble yes. and they don't want their bubble burst, me right? Too. They live inside yeah. their bubble. They, they're still making payments. They, they're paying the mortgage. They're putting food on the table. You know, all is good. Little Johnny and Susie are going to hockey and, you know, yeah. so, so please don't burst this bubble that we have. And we're just going to continue to walk aimlessly through this life and uh, hope for the best. So that's going to come to a dramatic end very soon. Um, as we're seeing, like yes. we're in the middle of it yes. now, we're watching it. It's only going to get worse. And it's all by design. Yes. We, we knew yes. this was coming. We called this and we've been trying to warn people. Um, and, and so, you know, whether I burst their bubble with what I'm discussing and what I've been talking about for so long, or the reality of these things and the consequences to this agenda uh, that does it, it's, it's inevitable it's going to happen. And so at some point, you know, people like us that are, are, are looking for reform and opposition to this, we need support in order to do that. That support's going to come fairly quickly because yeah. out, of circum, yeah. out of circumstance, right? And so everything that we're going through is all necessary. It, it's all a means yeah. To, yeah. to an end. And we have to stay on top of it. So when, you know, this does come down, that, that people have somewhere to go and something to support in opposition to the rest of this. And so, you know, it's, it's, I consider it my duty 
um, yes. in honor of, of those before me that have given everything the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms and our liberty. So this is why I dedicate so much of my life and my time to this, because people, it's my duty to inform people that, okay, this is why this is happening. This is why it's so crazy. And, um, and so, you know, um, that's it. That's, that's, I agree. I, I, brother, I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, last year I made that decision. I felt powerfully moved. And I haven't stopped. It's my primary duty now as a Canadian. I love this country and I love everyone in. I don't care where you came from, how long you'd be here, what your gender, any of the, what your religion, anything like that. Right. It, I right. feel it's my duty to stand up as a, as a person who understands what's going on. And yeah. again, you and I both had sacrifices. We've had encounters with people who are angry, upset. They don't want to hear it. And I, I try to stay in love and peace with all these people because they're my fellow Canadians. They just don't get right. it yet. But I yep. see the numbers shifting all the time. And we do need to have an accountable government that's going to do the right thing for our country. And this yes. pain is waking people up. It's serving the yes. purpose of waking people up. Now, there's a lot of people who don't even get what's the difference. Like, why does he talk about, and I mean, I understand this, but maybe some people, you know, the globalist agenda, and what maybe globalism is good. We were sold NAFTA, and then you see the Euro, the European. What's the harm of globalism? And, and you know, just as a simple, quick lesson as, you know, what, so, why should we be focusing on local, local and national and, and our own, you know, and obviously our resource sector, you're out West. Uh, which we're not even using with uh, the situation. So a couple of so, questions there. So the mistake that people generally make is um, equating globalization with globalism. Uh, those are two very distinct things, very different things. Globalization is inevitable as, you know, uh, ingenuity and, and, and communication and transportation. And resources. Uh, yeah, the world's getting smaller, right? So, yeah. um, and, and we need to be able to get our resources to market. We need to be a player in the global market um, so we can prosper, so we can benefit from, you know, what our land provides. And so that's much different than globalism. Globalism is the governance, is the hyper-centralization of government, of governance of those resources of our, you know, and the destruction of our sovereignty, the destruction of Western civilization, um, and this this redistribution of wealth scheme, where they need to suck as, mo as much wealth out of Western nations as possible. And they've been doing it with carbon tax, they've done it with COVID, and they'll continue to do it, do it in other ways. And so, um, so, so here's the situation that, that we're in, is, is while they're trying and attempting on purpose with the help of our elected officials to destroy our way of life, to destroy our prosperity, and to control all of our resources, our land, our nation, um, you know, we're losing all of these things. And so uh, globalism is, is the enemy of the state, quite literally. Yes. Uh, their goal is to destroy the nation state. This is why, you know, when when Harper, uh, the conservative government in 2015, signed the last incarnation of the sustainable development agenda, September 27th of 2015, a month before the election of Justin Trudeau the first time, it was Trudeau who said like days into being elected when he was interviewed by the New York Times and then had made a speech, um, he referred to our country the country of Canada as a post-national state and a country that has no identity. Mm -hmm. So this, this language that he was using, it flew over most Canadians' head because nobody understood what he, what he was talking about. But anybody that's in the arena of, of this and opposing globe understood exactly what he meant by that, which it was a message to the UN. It was a message to the World Economic Forum that, yes, we are here, we're in place, and we're going to play ball, and we're going to meet all of the objectives of sustainable development. And if you've watched all of the bills that the Liberals have passed since day one of being elected, they are all in compliance with sustainable development. 
all of them. But Every the, single the, thing that's been passed is I, in compliance to that agenda. I, I want to mention this again, because a lot of people don't get this, is that, you know, it's you're saying that all in compliance with sustainability. And a lot of people get really triggered around the environment and climate change it used to be you know, climate warming. Now it's climate change. And they think, well, maybe that's good. But they're all actually a farce. They're a lie. They do nothing to heal our earth. We're, we're experiencing right. toxins in our air, right. in our soil, in our water. So, and it's a lie. So, so here's the thing on, on climate change. Climate change, this, this whole discussion around climate change and identifying CO2 as a poison, which it isn't, um, this this has all been a ruse. This is all to do with yes. with with sucking wealth from wealthy nations. That that's all. It's all about fear. And Absolutely. The, the the idea that we need to eliminate CO two from the atmosphere is a actually a, it's a death cult. It is. It is. We, we depend are on the CO two. We are the CO two. We, <laughs> we depend on it. Our, yes. Our our our. our, our humanity depends on co2 plants if you if you understand how co2 works with photosynthesis it's required it actually encourages plant growth yes. um, if you talk to a to greenhouse operators they pump 2500 parts per million into their greenhouses to encourage plant growth yes. so this whole idea that co2 is the enemy and that we have to pay for it is for the joke. use of it is, a, is an absolute joke. And the UN admits this. In 2012, they struck a committee to determine how they're going to fund this agenda. And at that time, they estimated the agenda will cost $5 trillion annually. They were wrong. It's about $8 trillion annually. But they were trying to figure out a funding mechanism. And the best thing they could come up with was carbon tax and carbon pricing. So it's a funding mechanism. It has nothing to do with saving the planet. But no. everybody is convinced that it's about saving the planet. And they're falling over each other, handing money out of their pockets to save the world and, and, it, and signal their virtue. Because <laughs> everybody thinks that's what you have to do. But it's not. It's, it's fear mongering. Um, and it's getting people to, you know, to, to give up their hard earned money to pay for a, a white elephant. It, it's insanity. It's so true. I love what you said. And it's like, we've seen the greatest transfer wealth. I mean, the idea was to break the middle class, you know, so they've already yes. extracted so much money from the middle class and, you know, and, and, and the poor, um, we have homeless, right. it's tragic homeless population all throughout Canada as, as, as well right. as all the Western countries because of all these uh, concepts that do nothing. They don't, they don't save the environment. They extract more money from the poor middle class up to the rich elites. And, yep. you know, what's your opinion while we're on this topic and then we'll shift off just to finish it off. But what's your opinion on electric cars in Canada with our cold winters? Practically. Well, it's another, it's another thing that's ridiculous. It's insane. Um, you know, we, <laughs> we, not only is it cold here, but it's massive, right? So, yeah. Like if you're on a highway, let's say between Saskatoon and, um, you know, Cold Lake, Alberta or, or yeah. some remote place um, and you're driving an electric car and you run out of electricity, uh, what do you do? Like, it's just, it's, it's so impractical, but, but all of these things, and they're all based on sustainable development. They're all impractical. It's like, Saskatoon being a partner to to this agenda and agreeing to the new urban agenda, which tells Saskatoon that we have to prioritize um, infrastructure for uh, pedestrian traffic, bicycle traffic, and mass transit over personal vehicular traffic. So what do they do? Our streets turn into goat trails while mm -hmm. they're building sidewalks right beside these streets. Right? I know. And, it and, and then laugh. adding bike lanes into a city <laughs> that's frozen seven months of the year that nobody rides a bike in. I and know. we're shutting street traffic down to accommodate this. It, it's insane. But it's because of these cookie color policies that are being developed by an unelected, unaccountable foreign entity. And, don't and you, our, our government just continue to pander to these people. Don't you get the feeling they don't want you to leave your town, let alone your house? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Absolutely. That's where we're headed. That's, That's exactly where they where want we're it. Headed, right? They'd rather they you don't us, leave your they're house. Gonna they're going to yeah. restrict human activity 
in, 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 you know, in nature because the humans are the enemy. Yes, that they absolutely feel. And if you don't get the sense that you are the carbon, they don't like the other thing. If you don't, if you don't have a bit of a sense of humor, you will cry because, you know, you have to keep your spirits up for the battle because it could be long and you got to keep going. But this is so, you know, uh, environmental social governance store score, which comes out of a lot of these measures and people think, oh, that sounds good. But just say you post one thing on Facebook or LinkedIn or any of these social medias that they don't like. All of a sudden they're going to say, you can't use your credit card to buy hamburger today because we didn't like what you post i mean again well not only that but you're you're over your your you know amount that you're allowed to eat uh in a particular month so yeah it's all tied to social credit which is tied to of course um uh, digital id digital currency all of this is all connected it's all part of this move toward total control of all aspects of your life because we can't do that ourselves according to them well, and they don't want us really to be happy or sovereign or live our best no. lives. And they, they're, no. their plan I, for know us is not happy and not good. You know, and, and I encourage people. There's a video that I've pinned to my Twitter account. Uh, a guy by the name of Dennis Meadows. He's a co-founder of the Club of Rome. He's a co-author of The Limits to Growth. Um, and he speaks in two minutes. He, he tells everyone exactly the mindset of these people. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody to watch that video uh, because it shows exactly who these people are, what they think, and, and truly identify humanity as the enemy. Well, so, for those uh, who don't it, know where to find you, how can they find you, Mark? I mean, give us your, um, I know your PPC, you're, run, you know, you're the candidate for Saskatoon. It's markfriesen.ca, isn't it? But how do you spell yeah. it? What's your Twitter? What's your best? Uh, so, how do people follow you? Yeah, so my Twitter is uh, Mark Free, at markfriesen08. Um, I'm trying to rebuild, reestablish my YouTube presence. I had 11,000 subs and then I got terminated. Uh, but I'm on my second strike already on this new account. So yes. it doesn't appear I'm going to last too long. So I'm on Rumble and Odyssey under the Grizzly Patriot. Um, of oh, course, the I'm Grizzly also. Patriot. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. I'm still I'm still in Facebook jail. I got another 30 day ban because yeah. I denounced communism. Yeah. So uh, I had 25,000 followers on LinkedIn and was deleted, and that was painful because it was also my business site. But I'm up right. building up to 3,000. It's all part of the job, isn't it? Yeah, it truly is. So you know, I, I we have the website as well, which is sort of our hub, and that's FFCS dot info and that stands for forum for canadian sovereignty that's the organization that i created uh, after the 2019 election uh it became very clear to me that the voting population is very ignorant and i don't say that in a derogatory way no it's just a fact that people don't understand this uh by design so i'm working as hard as i can to inform as many people as possible and educate as many people as possible um to to this nefarious agenda that's going to destroy our way of life and everything we cherish amazing well that's great well there's two other topics that you're so knowledgeable on that a lot of people want to hear about one of them is the um the conservative leadership race and what happened with joseph burgo um and also uh, everyone wants to know your opinion on pierre poliev yeah so um you know i supported joseph uh, through his campaign, as long as it lasted, I did warn him that, you know, they're not going to accept you. They're not going to accept the truth, which is, you know, right. what he does. And he speaks the truth. And I, yes, I uh, applaud nice, him for that. Great guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. And so, you know, he was, uh, he was, he was terminated. His campaign was terminated by the conservative party because of too much truth. So the problem is, is Joseph talks about globalism. He talks about the sustainable development agenda, the SDGs, and the Conservative Party doesn't, nor does any of the friendly independent media types um, in relation to the sustainable development and and the Conservative Party, because the Conservative Party is responsible for that agenda. They signed it in 92. They made it law in Canada under the Sustainability Act in 2008, and they signed it again in 2015. So they are the party responsible for signing it, 
uh, every time they're in power. And so they can't talk about it because if they talk about it, then everybody will know that they are associated with it and why, they're responsible for it. So why did they sign it? I have to ask, why did Harper sign that? I mean, he signed our sovereignty over to the UN. I mean, how could he yeah, do well, that it, to our country? It was Mulroney, it was Mulroney first. And uh, because they're globalists, because they are what they are. And in terms of conservatives, here's where you have that you know, that sort of fascist communist convergence yes. where you have big business, which is generally, you know, in, in the lane of conservative conservatism and conservatives, you know, are dragged into this because all of their their buddies in big business multinationals, especially in the oil industry, um, you know, they're, they're all pandering to this agenda. So the conservatives will not step outside of that and they'll continue to play this game and i mean it was harper who said that canadians will have to accept less sovereignty and he coined the phrase enlightened sovereignty um so this is you know if anyone who's really paying attention understands this is nothing new this is no surprise so this is why when i i saw a pierre poll of air in saskatoon uh an event that i waited in line pretended that i wanted a picture with him just so i could ask him one question because he goes around the country denouncing yeah. the World Economic Forum, which it really, yeah. in essence, means nothing if you're not denouncing the actual agenda that the World Economic Forum is in place to support and promote. Exactly. So do you, I asked him, so do you denounce the Sustainable Development Agenda, the SDGs? And he claimed to not have ever read it. He doesn't know what it is, oh. which, is a, which is an outright lie. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because... I posted that video, it was a very short clip, 38 seconds, posted it to TikTok and Twitter. TikTok, it got 270,000 views. Wow. And on, on Twitter, it got 50,000 views. So, you know, you're looking at 320,000 mostly Canadians that he just lied to. And he can't, he can't plead ignorance because he's actually voted for the Sustainability Act on a numerous occasions. He supported his government, Harper's government, numerous times when these votes would come up he voted in favor um so and he actually voted in favor in 2015 after the liberals got in and had to amend the act pierre polivar voted yes in favor of this act and the amendments so what? he can't wow. plead ignorance although he does because he understands that most canadians have no idea what it is so it comes across as genuine that yeah i don't get it and everyone gives him a pass because they don't get it either. Uh, but he knows exactly what it is. Well, that's a flag. What about Roman Babber? I mean, he came from Soviet Union. Does he uh, understand the agenda with the sustainability? He does. He, he voted against I, it? I, I, you know, I've, I've uh, well, he was in provincial, so I don't know what his provincial voting record is. But I listened to a video uh, just from a, a few days ago of, of Roman actually talking about globalism and talking about the globalist agenda. Mm -hmm. And I was impressed to hear that from him. Um, so, you know, he, he, he gets an endorsement from me. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Roman's not going to win. They won't allow him to win the leadership of the no. CPC. Um, so it's going to be, you know, Pierre Polivare that gets the tap. Yeah, I believe I that, so. that John Charest is, is only there uh, for theater to make yeah. Pierre look better. Right. So, um, you know, but Pierre's through and through a globalist. His voting record proves it. And wow. If he can't, if he can't denounce the SDGs, and I mean, even if it was genuine that he doesn't know anything about it, the fact that a guy that has no idea what the SDGs are and is running for a position of leadership is insane. He yeah. shouldn't be anywhere near a leadership race if he doesn't know what that agenda is or what the consequences to it is. Of course he does, but he does he can't talk about it. Right. Do you think he might have a crisis of conscience and do the right thing though? I've met both Roman and Pierre a few times and um, you know, I've, I've met Roman more often because we're more aligned, but um, and I've sent numerous emails to both of them about the agenda and other, other things going on that are quite nefarious. Um, can we hope that he might have a crisis of conscience? Certainly, he's better than Aaron he's better than Aaron O'Toole, who I ran against in the Durham ride. Yeah, well, <laughs> this this light standard out here in front of my truck is better than Aaron O'Toole, so that's not saying a whole lot. Um, you know, Pierre, I, I judge a person 
when I, when I meet them, I shake their hand and I look them in their eyes. And, you know, I was a prison guard for 25 years and I'm sort of used to judging people uh, based on, on certain indicators. And when I met Pierre, I, I didn't like what I saw in his eyes. Uh, I saw very snaky uh, and his handshake was, was fishy. And I just, I didn't get a great impression uh, up front. So I, I, am I counting on uh, his conscience making the right decision? No, he's a politician. Oh, that's too Been there bad. for 19 years. And ah, he's running, shoot. running to lead a party that is completely sold out. So I don't well, see it happening. Yeah. Well, let's move on now because there's another topic that's near and dear to my heart that also is near and dear to your heart. And I've come against a lot of criticism when I stepped in politically and you've been at this longer than you. When I said, I'm going to run for PPC, I lost friends. And I've always been like, here I am, a holistic nutritionist. I mean, sure, I'm a business owner. Oh, you could classify me as right, you know, right wing. But when you like, I'm a holistic nutritionist. I've been a health coach. I always put people first. I even did a um, survey recently. It came out like r- right in the middle, maybe slightly left, because I believe you need people before profit and governance and look after the land and all that. And I believe in nature. But when I said, yeah, I'm going to run for PPC, it's the only honest and uh, it's only group that's standing for our constitutional rights. And if you don't have constitutional uh, representation, you're getting away from governance, but I lost people. And so after the election passed and then the mandates are slowly going away, a lot of people said, well, I guess you'll go back to being a conservative. And I'm like, well, I don't think the party's changed. So, you know, I was asked to run again and we did well enough in this riding and I felt it, you know, PBC is only growing. What percentage of the vote did they get? And, you know, they'll be in the, they'll be, they have to cover them next time and they'll be in the debates. What is it that inspires you despite some opposition to keep educating people and talk to them about PPC and stay with PPC because I'd love you to get elected and as myself as well, because I think you are exactly what we need in in a parliament and i applaud you for that you've been at it longer than me but it's not easy is it well no and you know i i mean the reason why i i i chose the ppc i mean i was politically homeless for years i i never was part of the federal party since the reform party merged with the red tories and broke my heart um and i knew what the conservatives were from that point forward and so, you know, I was I was never a card carrying member. And and of course, I voted for them because it was the only option we had. Um, and it, I, you know, I held my breath and gagged as I did it. But whatever. Uh, and then Max created the PPC. And I was a little skeptical because he came out of the conservatives. Um, so I, you know, I, I got into a few debates with some of my friends that had known Max and followed his career. And uh which was healthy. And of course I, I went home with, with something to think about and I gave it some thought and I, I, you know, I, I put up all of my values and what my focus is and that's globalism. How does this match up? How do the values that Max brought to the table match up to, you know, what I'm, what I'm passionate about. And it matched up, you know, perfectly, even though Max didn't talk about globalism when he first created the PPC, you know, I took it upon my responsibility to make sure that he does and that he understands what it represents and what the consequences are. And so, you know, I worked very hard the first year in lobbying the party and headquarters to ensure that they start talking about this and they incorporate it into our platform. And they did and they listened. And so that was that was really important to me. And, you know, you know, yeah, I've taken a lot of heat um, from both sides. Of course, the liberals and the communists, they, you know, their hair lights on fire all the time. Whenever I talk, um, they, they, they detest me. I've had my truck smashed four times. I've had my house oh. attacked. I've, you know, I've per- personally been attacked. Um, it is, it goes with the territory, but I'm also being attacked by conservatives, right? Oh, because, because <laughs> I, right. Yeah. And you do. And I mean, I've, I've been a prison guard for 25 years. I do have thick skin. I have a lot of scar tissue built up. So none of this <laughs> stuff bothers me. And because it doesn't bother me, I'm actually past it now. Right. Yeah. Like I'm past yeah. the point oh, where I don't these care. people know that whatever they do isn't going to affect me. It's not going to shut me up. No. So because they haven't been able to cancel me, they haven't succeeded. I've actually won. And now yeah. I do what I do without any of their, 
nonsense. So, that's you know, right. and that's, and I hope other people understand that. And I hope other people, you know, find the courage to just, you know, ignore it, power through it. And if you mm-hmm. do, and you prove it to them that you don't care what they say or think, um, you know, in that regard, in their hate and their vitriol, then they'll leave you alone. It's, it's just like, it's liberating. It's just like other bully. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's truly absolutely. it's it's truly a bully situation, and you're called on as a human to stand up to the bully. And once you do, the bully backs down. And yeah, and you know the thing is too is I, as I got into politics, not because I wanted to be an elected, not because I want to be a politician, because I don't. I yeah, got into either. politics because it's a platform for me to educate people. And when I first started doing this. Um, you know, a, a number of years ago, I, I was speaking into a black hole, right? Oh, geez, and, I can imagine. I mean, now it's like we're doing town halls where we had 250 people in a in a hall oh. last night in, in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. And Amazing. tonight in Melford, we'll have a couple hundred people. And, oh. you know, through this tour, we're going to see because people are, are starting to get the message and they're starting to become more engaged and they they understand that we have to take this responsibility back that we've abdicated for Mm -hmm. decades to somebody that we thought had our best interest in mind right they don't that's amazing mark well i'm really proud of you and i'm so glad you're not leaving the country i'm not leaving till we get our country back that's for sure Can you speak to Maxime's character? I've had a few really horrible uh, notes sent to me, like even business why I'm not dealing with you anymore because you ran for PPC. I take it with a grain of salt, but I want people to set set the record straight about this gentleman. Um, I've I've met him a couple of times. He's been out when I was uh, running and it was unbelievable. His endurance, just going from event to event, listening to people, holding their hands, hugging them, giving them hope. Speak to Maxime's character and why uh, you think he's a good leader. You know, I, I, I understand people that are, are skeptical, uh, if they're genuinely skeptical, based on, you know, he comes from the establishment, his dad, you know, basically was an MP in the same riding and essentially mm-hmm. gifted it to Max. I get all those things. I understand it. If it's, if it's a genuine criticism I'll address it. But most of the time it's attached to an agenda because we aren't conservative anymore because we're the party that's pulling support from that party. And so most of it isn't genuine, the criticism, but you know, I, I know Max and I've, 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 I've met with Max numerous times. I've toured the province of Saskatchewan with Max over two days. Um, and you know, he's true to his values and I believe he was handicapped um, in the Conservative Party, yes. uh, he ran for leadership because he didn't believe that the values he brought to the table were being uh, displayed or, or promoted by the party. So he ran for leader. He was leading through the whole leadership race. And there were some shenanigans that went yeah. on. And, and you know, at round 13, all of a sudden, Shear was the leader. And, uh, and then they lost the vote. They lost the ballots. They couldn't count them, couldn't do an audit. Yeah. A lot of funny things happen. And, and so, you know, at that point, I think the frustration level was at a peak. And Max said, well, I've had enough. I, this, this party's yeah. too corrupt. It, it's, you know, and, and created his own. Um, and, you know, I, and again, I studied Max. I studied what he brought to the table in this party before I joined it. And again, I, it was an opportunity that, okay, even though, he doesn't talk about globalism uh, and the globalist agenda. He's created a party that has core values that's going to allow me uh, to focus on that and hopefully, you know, educate the party so the party can then, you know, position itself as as opposition to this agenda. And that's what we've done. And, yes. and Max has allowed that. And Max has the character to accept when he's wrong and actually be open to learn and that's and that's what you want in a leader is somebody that's willing to listen to the people that are in the party and Mm -hmm. influence and help influence the party and and to learn from mistakes and to learn from you know where you were to where you are now i mean i've seen a drastic change and i love it but it's based on core values that max has always had and and if somebody has those core values 
then that's somebody that you can work with, right? So that's amazing. Well, here I have to ask you. I mean, I have a feeling there'll be a federal election next year. It's only an intuition, could be wrong again. But with everything going on, we're I think we're wouldn't be surprised to get a non-confidence vote as we wedge the NDP and the liberals apart. Um, and more and more stuff happens. Who knows? But I'm preparing for that anyways. How do you think the PPC will do in the next federal election? Do you have any um, ideas? And what are your thoughts on if Derek Sloan creates another national party? Because it was a total disaster. And I say this affectionately. I like Derek. But having the New Blue and the Ontario Party caused so much tension and conflict and all these people running in these ridings when not enough people understand what's going on. Nobody won. Now, you know, and there were two people who had a strong voice in Ontario, both lost their seat. I think it's a disaster federally, and I hope he doesn't do it and starts to talk to Max about yeah. how they can work together instead. So last question. Yeah, so... Um... You know, I, I, I'm a little different thought than you. I think we're probably two years out from an election. I don't think, I think the Liberal Party understands that, that Trudeau is pretty much unelectable now. I think he he's just, he's, he's brought on too much baggage. He's pissed off too many people in the country. Um, and I think they recognize that. So I think they're going to try to manipulate the situation so they can, um, you know, Trudeau will resign maybe in a year. Um, then they'll have a leadership convention. And I, I really believe Mark Carney is going to get the oh, tap. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's how that'll, they'll run Mark Carney against Pierre Polivare in the next uh, federal election is, is how, how I sort of see it. So I think we have a couple of years before the next election. And I really think there's going to be a, a sea change. I think the masses are going to be exposed to so much of this globalist agenda. And, and let's face it, they're just getting started. Yes. Um, and and we've, we're seeing the consequences to it now with inflation, cost of living, taxes, everything's going yes. up, yes. you know, yeah. yeah, fuel. And so, you know, people are going to be exposed to all of this. Their bubbles are going to be burst. And I really believe that, that it, it'll be now the time for the PPC to shine. And to be that party that stands in stark contrast to the establishment. And so not only are we looking at I'm looking at that federally, but I'm also looking at the same scenario provincially. I think in the provinces, the provinces have, you know, even under the existing constitution, we have a lot of power and we need to exercise that power. So a lot of what we're talking about through the speaking tour that we're doing is really inspiring people and informing people that we need something an alternative to the establishment who are committed to this agenda and 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 people are really starting to listen so i think you know we're going to get to that point where there's there's this upswell of support for an alternative to the establishment and how derek sloan fits into that i think um i get i get frustrated with derek i get frustrated that he tried to do it uh before the last federal election and failed but still strung a lot of people along. And then all of a sudden he bounces to provincial politics to do the same thing, to pull votes away from the new blue and create this distraction for people that didn't work in anyone's no. favor. And, and, and so now what's he gonna do? Is he gonna bounce back federally? So was this a mechanism, this, this provincial run to, to, to get people to join his federal party so they run from there i mean i don't know what his, his his motivation is but i know that it's it's uh it's very divisive at a time when we need unity yeah. and i get frustrated if it's if it is it an ego project is it a vanity project like what's going on um or the other thing you have to consider is he actually doing this to to cause that division to you know, destroy these alternative parties like the PPC and the New Blue. Is he doing it on purpose? Um, you know, you have to think about it. You have to at least give it some thought. I don't know. I've met there a couple of times and, um, you know, he seems like a nice, genuine fella, but yeah. who knows? It's politics. Anything's possible in politics. 
Well, I've met him as my, as well. As my good friend Viva Frey says, politics ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, I've met him as well, and I um, I hope that his intentions are good. I know oh, he's been to my home, and um, but I do think he's got to he's got to learn from the lesson of the provincial. And if he doesn't, yeah. you know, rein it in, we can't have two parties that are representing. No the same platform no. on, um, you know, as an alternative. So, wow, right. it's been great talking to you. I think we've covered a ton here. Um, tell people anything, anything I missed, any final like inspiration to, for people to stick with it. I know what I like to talk about a resilience and keep people healthy. And I don't want people to get too down or discouraged or depressed. And there's a lot of stress and depression yep. and that dark feeling. Can you give anyone at least a final, like a little bit of hope or anything to yeah. And again, I, you know, there, there is a lot of reason for hope. Um, again, everything we're going through is, is necessary. And as we continue to go through it, more and more people are going to be exposed to it, uh, directly affected by it. So th the numbers are going to grow. We, we will eventually win this. Yes. I, and I, I know there's so. a lot of people around that, that have been black pilled. Uh, I like to say that Black pill, do you mean red pill? <laughs> yeah, black I, I have a black pill in my mouth, but I refuse to swallow it because oh, I, see. I, st yeah. I still have hope, right? Um, there are black pillars out there that, that really don't have any hope. And, and uh, it's, it's frustrating. I, I completely understand how they feel, but I can't, I can't do that. I, there's, there is hope. And yeah, I believe so. Yes. Uh, you know, we will win. And, and we will push back uh, because I believe, you know, they've, this is all again rooted in globalism and the globalist agenda where they consider humanity to be the enemy of the they planet. Do. It's and they anti life. It's an anti life agenda. 100% it is. And, and it, it is. But they underestimate against... humanity. Yeah, exactly. It goes against all life, whether it's the animal kingdom, our soil, yes. they're trying to yes. sterilize and the plant life and human life, everything, every little part of life yep. and replace it with silicon artificial life is really that yes. goal and what that can yes. happen. Well, Mark, it has been absolutely amazing. I could go on for hours, but thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure we'll see each other soon when uh, as things uh, open up, hopefully for travel and that type of thing. That's another topic, but thank you so much. And, well, and uh, one, one quick note to your uh, listeners. Um, we, myself and Laura Lynn, after we're finished the Saskatchewan tour, we're embarking on a Northern Ontario tour. It starts on the 22nd, actually in Winnipeg, and oh. then 23rd in Kenora, and then we'll be 24th in Dryden, 25th in Thunder Bay, 26th in Marathon, 27th in uh, wow. the Sioux, 28th in um, Sudbury, and the 29th finishing up in North Bay on our way to Ontario for Canada Day. So. Oh, wow. Well, can you email me that? Because I'd love to, to meet you guys. I actually sure. was born born in Sudbury, Northern Girl, but I have a cottage in Muskoka. So I'd love to, 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 sure. to see you guys and support Absolutely. you if I can. And I'll spread, I'll put it on my social media for you guys sure. as well. So send it out to me. And Laura's Lynn's an amazing woman. So um, yeah, so that's great. Well, yeah, well, have a great Looking night. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Talk you to bet. you soon then. Take care. All right. Thanks very much. Bye now.